Welcome to season number four of the Get Your Money Right podcast. The podcast where not only do we want you to get your money, we want you to get your money right. So if you're tired of listening to big banks and broke people on how to live a mediocre financial life, this is a place for you. To find out more about what we do and how we do it, head over to our website at yourmoneyright.com. Again, that's yourmoneyright.com. What's the good news, people? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Get Your Money Right podcast, the podcast where we talk about money like it's everybody's business. Because I truly believe if we're not good with money, it's because we don't talk about money. And this show is designed to change just that. I am your host, the Money Misfit, Jamar DuPaz. This is episode number 57. And today we're going to talk about how to handle those finances when you got fluctuating income. When you got a business or sales job, or maybe you just got income that's sometimes all over the place. That's what we're going to talk about today. So I'm looking forward to that because I think what I have will be super, super helpful. If this is your first time tuning in, I'd like to say welcome. Thank you for being here. This is a different type of personal finance podcast. We talk about money as it relates to real life and how you can use it to do the things you want to do, go to places you want to go to, see the people you want to see and all that good stuff. And if you want to find out more about what we do, how we do it, what we think about and all that good stuff, head over to our website at yourmoneyright.com. That's yourmoneyright.com. There you will find all our past episodes. You can decide to join us, become a misfit. There's also a link to our brand new Facebook group. You want to come over there and uh, join in on the discussion. You are more than welcome to do so. So welcome. Welcome. So before we get into the meet today, we want to go ahead and go through and read uh, our listener review for today. And it's another good one. But and it's also the inspiration for the show today. And it's uh, from the Daddy Memoirs. And uh, if you listen to this, reach out to me. I'd like to chat with you. Uh, But anyway, the title says it's a five star review, by the way. Uh, It says keep up the good work. The topics in this podcast should be required education and schooling. Jamar is down to earth and speaks to those that are not on the level of the financial independent yet. His recommendations are spot on and easy to follow. I would like to hear his insight for those that have fluctuating incomes, i.e. business owners, commission salespeople, etc. End review. So, Mr. Daddy Memoirs, I appreciate that. Uh, that is an amazing review. And you are the inspiration for the podcast topic today. So, uh, I'm going to try to make these things more uh, crisp and concise. I can talk about this particular topic forever, but I'm going to try not to do that today. So how do we handle fluctuating incomes? And if you don't have a fluctuating income, even if you have a regular steady every two weeks, every month, every twice a month, first and 15th paycheck, you want to pay attention to this because even though not everybody has fluctuating incomes, everybody has fluctuating expenses, right? And when my wife and I started designing how we wanted our life to be and how we needed to handle our money and what we wanted our money to do for us, the system we came up with thought about all this, thought about the fluctuating expenses, the fluctuating incomes, and all that good stuff. And that's why we teach it. Uh, so I'm just going to go through basically 
how I would do uh, with anybody uh, with a little bit of twist, especially for business owners, commission salespeople, 1099 folks that have extra things that they need to think about, which I think everybody needs to pay attention to this because I believe everybody should have a side hustle, a side business at the very minimum to help you combat inflation and taxes, which we talked about the four uh, silent killers of wealth before. And if you never get a hold of of that, never take advantage of the things that the government has in place to you to minimize your taxes, you're just not going to get ahead. They're going to eat you up. Uh, and I'm not talking about putting money in a 401k IRA. Those are not tax savings. Those are tax deferments, meaning you don't pay taxes on it today, but you're going to pay tax on it when it comes out. So uh, that's a whole nother conversation. But anyway, so let's get on with it. What do you do if you have fluctuating incomes, right? Uh, and that could be anything. If you make, you know, some people make $5,000 one month. Yeah, I, was, I used to be like this, right? I'd make 5000 one month, 10000 next month, zero for three months in a row, <laughs> you know, or just a few dollars. Uh, and it was a struggle because I was kind of living on the seat of my pants. I'd be balling one month. The next month, I'm not. Uh, even when I was, you know, having those regular incomes, some of those months, but those people, those of us who get paid every like two weeks, right? You have two months out of the year where you get like that extra money and you get this balling type of month and you just end up spending a bunch of it. How do we make sure we take advantage of those those months where we do have an abundance of inflow? And uh, how do we balance it out with those when there's not so much? And the first step is is pretty much always the first step, right? You want to determine what your needs are. And I, I say this all the time, but you want to ask what you want your money to do for you, right? So say it to yourself, personalize it. What do I want my money to do for me? And in that, you know, you definitely want your money to meet your needs, right? Uh, so you determine what your needs are, right? So if hypothetically, let's say uh, you have an income need of $5,000 just to keep the numbers even, right? Because um, I talk about money, but I'm not you know, perfect with math. I'm not an idiot, but I'm not perfect. <laughs> uh, I'm cold with a calculator, though. We haven't been calculated in my hand. I can do some amazing things. But anyway, let's say you have a base uh, income, let's say $5,000. And that's basically what you determined are your needs uh, to take care of the household, take care of the things that you want your money to do for you, take care of, uh, you, we talk about the buckets, right? We talk about the, the tithing or the giving. We talk about the wealth building bucket. We talk about the savings. We talk about the getting better bucket. We talk about the the baller bucket. Uh, and we also talk about, you know, just your basic life expenses, your real life bucket. Right. Uh, and that's kind of how we divide our stuffs up. And I recommend everybody do this. And I also do this in my business uh, to an extent, just like I put the wealth building bucket first in my life. I put the profit building bucket first for, for business expenses. Right. So it's not very different because even with your business, even if you're a salesperson, you're commissioned, you're in a business, right? We're all in business. If you manage money, money managers are the business, right? And if you get money that comes in your house, you are a money manager. You're either really good at it or you're really terrible at it, but you're a money manager regardless of what you believe. And the people who will have the most money and the most resources and the most tools when it comes to finances are those who take the job of being a money manager seriously and manage their money instead of having their money manage them. But anyway, I'm getting off tangent here. Uh, so basically, you want to set what your your uh, monthly needs are. So say, for instance, you say your monthly needs are $5,000, right? And that's what you determine. It's like, okay, this is what I need is $5,000. Or this is what I'm going to uh, divide into my buckets, right? 
$5,000. And I'm happy with that. You find that place where you're content with the $5,000, right? So let's say you have a month that you make 10 grand, right? So what you want to do is take that money, right? That 10 grand, take the 5,000 that you need, allocate that and move the rest forward, right? Into a war chest. Some people call it a FU bucket or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, but you just want to move it forward into, I like to call it a buffer, right? And you do, do it that way. So you basically want to determine what your needs are, then set up your buckets, what you want your money to do for you. And then you set these allocations up almost automatically if you can. I use a software. You can use a bookkeeper, especially if you're a business owner. You can use a bookkeeper and there's other softwares that's out there that will help you do that uh, with your accounting and stuff like that. Uh, but you definitely want to make sure you you keep your personal finances separate from your business finances. So I'm mainly going to talk about your personal finances but you can also equate the same things for your business as well. So this is money that you pull out uh, from your business or from your your sales to run your household for your personal finances. Right. So you definitely want to do that. And you want to focus on cash flow. Cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. Uh, the thing that uh, kills businesses more than anything is a lack of cash flow. They don't have money flowing in. Right. And. Money is like blood, air, water. It needs to flow. If it sits still, it doesn't work very well. In fact, money is never really sitting still. It Somebody's moving that money. Even if you put that money in a checking account, the bank is moving that money. They're lending it out to somebody else. <laughs> so your money's always moving. But you always want it to be moving under your control and under your advantage, uh, so to speak. But there's nothing wrong with putting cash aside. Remember, you want to stay lean and liquid especially as a business owner, right? We all want to be lean and liquid, but especially as a business owner, you want to make sure you keep your cash flow high. And what is your cash flow? Cash flow is nothing more than the difference between your expenses and what you bring in, right? And and in this example, if you set up that you want to uh you want to have your money, your monthly income be $5,000 a month, you want your necessities to be as little as possible of that 5000 Now, when we talk about the buckets, we say your necessities or your real life money should be about 50% of that. Well, if you can get that even lower, that's even better, right? Because then you have some more discretionary money in there outside of your baller bucket, right? So for us, a $5,000 amount, 500 would go to giving, 500 would go to our wealth building, 500 would go to our uh, big savings bucket, 500 would go to our getting better bucket, 500 would go to our baller bucket and the 2,500 will go to our necessities, our real life bucket, things that we need to live real life. Right. And be, we do that in percentages, right? Not dollar amounts, but percentages for that very reason, uh, because income fluctuates and expenses fluctuate. Right. So sometimes your expenses our expenses are more than our necessities. Necessities come in more than $2,500. So we got to go to 27. So we got to move back on something else, right? Uh, but that's just the way it works. But you want to focus on cash flow. You want to make sure that cash flow number is as big as possible. And how do you do that? Well, you want to recover as much cash flow as possible. One of the things we do is we, um, the thing that we focus on is making sure we get permanent savings, right? Uh, we're not really big on couponing. We've tried it. We've done it. Uh, but we got an old house <laughs> and we don't have a big pantry. So, you know, we can't store 26 bottles of detergent and 800 bottles of pickles, 16 bottles of ketchup and 
3,000 boxes of cereal. That's just not, you know, we, we, we don't have room for that. Number one. And number two, uh, we're not into that, uh, hounding people for their, uh, their coupon books and all that good stuff. So we don't necessarily coupon. Now we do, don't get me wrong. I will take a coupon every single day. And if it comes my way, I will use it, right? We will take full advantage of discounts and wherever we can save a dime, right? If the kids eat free uh, versus somewhere that kids don't eat free and they're right next to each other, I'm probably going to go to the place where the kids eat free if I want to eat that food. So we don't necessarily focus on the couponing and stuff like that. We focus on permanent savings. How do we focus on permanent savings? We've talked about this before, but one, uh, you want to make sure you can increase your credit score. One of the things that we did when we increased our credit scores, we realized that other things got cheaper, right? So your insurance costs get cheaper. You can adjust your, 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 your loans, right? So if you got high interest rate credit cards, things like that, that you're paying on monthly that you don't have necessarily pay all the way off. If you got a really good credit score, you can get a 0% credit card and move all that money over to that and then, you know, pay it off that way. And that way you won't be accumulating more and more and more interest as you're paying that down. So you can adjust your loans, adjust, you can refinance. Uh, if you have a mortgage, a lot of times people have what's called a PMI or MIP. PMI stands for private mortgage insurance. MIP is for, for what is it? mortgage insurance, something. Uh, but anyway, if you got like an FHA loan, you have to pay mortgage insurance. And that is extra money that doesn't help you at all. In fact, the insurance is a ripoff, if you ask me, because it only protects the bank if you were to default on your mortgage, right? So say, for instance, you got a mortgage and you can't pay it anymore. Say it's a $200,000 mortgage, you can't pay it anymore and you get foreclosed on. That mortgage insurance pays the bank the money that you can't pay them, but then they still turn around and sell your house and they still try to mess around and make you owe the money that's on the foreclosure. They can, but they usually don't. So it's, it's a ripoff. It's not for you. It's for the bank, but it's extra money coming out of your mortgage every single month. So if you have equity in your house, so you got more than 20% equity in your house, you can get rid of your PMI or your MIP. If you have an MIP through FHA and you had a, a recent FHA, like in the past several years, you won't last few years, you won't be able to do what they usually call a streamline refinance. You'd have to actually refinance to get rid of that of that MIP. But those of you who got conventional and other loans, you may want to contact your uh, mortgage company and see if you can streamline out of your mortgage. Say, I want to do a streamline refinance. Right. And basically all that is is like a drive by appraisal. It's like a one page application sheet. If they see that your house is valued more than what it was and you have 80 percent, you have 80 percent equity in it or 20 percent equity in it, they can do a refinance that way. The other way is if you've paid enough money right to where you're at 20 percent equity based on the original value of the mortgage, you can just ask them to take it off. And that way you don't have to go through a refinance process. You say, hey, look, I got 20 percent because I've made enough payments, I need you to take that off. If you got a conventional, if you have uh, FHA, you'll have to refinance. But that's one thing you can do, because that's usually for a lot of people, that's $80, $100, $200 a month that's going to nowhere, right? It's just some random insurance that doesn't even, doesn't even help you. The next thing you can do to stay lean and, and to uh, focus on permanent savings is to pay down debt, right? But do it safely. How I like to do it is pay down the debt that not that uh, that's costing me the most cash flow, Right. So if I got a debt that has a minimum payment of ten dollars a month, but I got but another debt that has a minimum payment of, say, two hundred dollars a month, 
I want to get rid of the one that has $200 a month because the quicker I can get that out of the way, I free up more cash flow. Now, there's a calculation involved in that, and I'm going to get I'm not going to get in that today. We'll do that another time. But that's kind of just my generalized thinking. Uh, that's not a hard and fast rule. Uh, but when we sit down and we talk to people one on one, we kind of go through that. And that's kind of what we're looking to do is expand that cash flow position because your cash flow is the thing that keeps you safe. Right. Um, I talked about this before. How people will make a whole bunch of extra payments to their mortgage, but they don't have any money. That's dangerous. Right. Because once that money is in your mortgage, you, you can't really get it out. Right. It's just in there. But if they foreclose on you or if you come up, you know, when you, you, you lose your job or you have a hard time for a little while, they don't care. They're not going to give you the extra payments back. Right. So you got to protect yourself first. So it's something to think about. Also, taxes, especially for my business owners and uh, my commission salespeople. Right. Taxes, taxes, taxes. If you don't have a CPA that's working with you or if you're not very well versed on taxes, get very well versed on taxes because uh, majority of people overpay taxes severely. And even people who don't, because we've talked about this before, if you get a tax refund, you're paying too much in taxes. Right. And that's costing you cash flow, which if you're paying debt to something else is also costing you interest. So don't let the government hold on to your money, then give you a three, four, five, six thousand dollar tax refund at the end of the year when that money could have been helping you pay down debt and, and stop interest, cancel some of that interest that you've been paying out. Uh, same thing with businesses. A lot of times, especially if you're incorporated, you can actually go back several years and get your taxes amended and get money back from a couple of years ago. So something you may want to consider, especially if you have if you found yourself paying a lot of money in taxes. Uh, my high income earners as well. That's something you want to look at. Look at how you can uh, restructure your tax structure, your payment, maybe take salary for as much as possible and then maybe take dividends. Now, you'll need to talk with a tax attorney, uh, a tax person, a CPA, a tax attorney, that type of thing to figure out what type of business structure you need to set up for that. But it can save you 15, almost 20 percent. Uh, or 15.3%, I think it is for the self-employment tax. If you take dividends instead of self-employment tax, uh, if you're like an S corp or C corp, but anyway, that's an advanced feature. But those are the things I think about. I'm thinking about how do I save permanent money, the things that are costing me big. And then the rest of that stuff is just like, you know, it's honky dory. But anyway, so you want to focus on your cash flow, focus on places where you can, save money permanently that you don't have to think about uh, with increases your credit score. You get save money on your uh, interest rates. You could save money on your insurances, taxes, things like that. Uh, the next thing is we've talked about this before, but you live on last month's income and we kind of touched on it before. Right. So if you set your baseline for five thousand dollars and you make ten thousand dollars this particular month. Right. Uh, if you're living on last month's income, that means you've already collected that ten thousand. Okay, and now that you have that ten thousand, you're getting ready to go into June, right? So you sit down and you ask yourself, "What do I need my money to do for me until I get paid again?" Well, if you're not sure how much you're gonna get paid again next year, next month, then you just stick with that five thousand. You take that other five thousand and you move it into what I call a buffer account, right? And you just set that to the side. But then now you allocate that five thousand that you have today. This way, you're never on pins and needles. Right. Money is less of a stressor for you in your life because you know what you have to work with. Right. And not only that is you got money set aside for the next month. You know, you already got your five thousand made up for for July. Right. So you got your five thousand for June. You know, you got your five thousand for July. So everything you make in June is hunky dory. 
right? There's freedom in that knowing that you have some money set aside and you're prepared for next month. That allows you to focus on your business, focus on your sales, focus on things that can make your business more efficient, things that can make your life more efficient, right? Uh, Because if you're just worried about bringing the money in, it's always on your mind and people can smell that too, right? Especially in business and sales, people can smell that thirst on you, right? And you don't never want to be, you never want to be in that position to where you just thirsty for everything uh, because it stinks, right? Not only the stress on you is you put stress on other people and then you get mad at people if they don't buy your stuff or if they're not supporting you or yada, yada, yada. You don't want to damage, you don't want to damage relationships over money, right? So, and then, so now the money that you got coming in in June, you just watching that bank grow, right? You just letting it collect, letting it collect, letting it collect. Now July comes around, right? You already got the 5,000 sitting in the buffer for July. So you're good to go on that. Whatever money you've made in June, right? You can just add that to the buffer or maybe you want to give yourself an extra bonus, right? Give yourself an incentive to, to perform, right? So if you say, okay, if I got more than 10,000 in my buffer, uh, I'll take a a thousand and go do something to celebrate, right? So you can, you can play uh, your own games, your own mind games. You can set yourself self up how you want to do it. But the basic structure is to make sure that uh, you're living on previous earned money. You want to live on long money and you want your money to go as long as possible for you. Right. Uh, So living on last month's income is key, not just for people who have fluctuating incomes, but also people who have fluctuating expenses, which is everybody. Because even if uh, you got extra expenses coming up in June, you got the five thousand, you can see it beforehand. Right. So you already know what the extra expenses are for June, especially if you do the things that we teach, like we use credit cards for a lot of our stuff. Um, now we don't pay interest on our credit cards, but we use them uh, so we can do just this. We we already know what the bill for June is going to be like. Right. So on June 1st, we already know. So we just set it up, have it automatically paid and we allocate that and then we keep going. We don't think about our money anymore the rest of the month. And that's what you want to get to the point to where you're not thinking about the money side of your business or your life in general. Uh, you just focus on the things that can make you most efficient and do the things you really want to do in life. And usually what happens is those, if you can focus on those things, it's going to bring you more money anyway, right? So that's what you want to get. Also, um, I didn't realize how many people didn't understand what a zero-based budget is. Uh, so I want to talk about that. You want to make sure you have a zero-based budget. What do I mean by that? So when you have that $5,000, right, you want to allocate every single dime, right? There is no such thing as extra money. Right. There's no such thing as extra money. Get that out of your mind. Get that out of your head. Don't practice that. Right. So money is just there waiting for an assignment. So even if that money is there for, let's say, miscellaneous deal, say it's there for contingencies. Well, you want to give it that assignment. Say this five hundred dollars is for contingencies. This five hundred dollars is for miscellaneous. This five hundred dollars for me to blow. This $500 is for pocket money, but you want to make sure that every single dollar is allocated to where you have no zero, zero money left over. Every single dollar has an assignment, right? Um, so I, I don't think I need to explain that even more. If we need to uh, let me know, come over in a Facebook group and I'll explain whatever uh, I need to explain outside of that. And then lastly, you want to keep good records. Right. That is really important that you keep good records so you know 
what you're spending, right? So you may think that you need five thousand, but when you look back, you're actually needing only four thousand, or three thousand, or it's seven thousand, or six thousand. Maybe you need more than that five thousand. If you can look back on what you've made over the last several months, over the last several years, or whatever it is, you can get a better understanding of what your averages are and what your low months are. A lot of times, uh, salespeople have seasonal times of the year. Maybe December is a slow, maybe December is super fast. Maybe you make all your money then. Maybe it's April, maybe it's summertime, maybe it's fall time, whatever it is. But if you have good records, you can see that. So coming up next year, you kind of understand, okay, this is a slow season. So let me prepare for that. Not only prepare for the slow season as I'm not going to have a lot of money coming in, but maybe you prepare to say, look, Let's make this a fast season. I know September is normally slow, but let's get a plan together so we can make September super, uh, you know, a, a busy season. Right. What can I do with my business? What can I do with my uh, my skills, my my marketing plan to make sure that September is not a slow, year, slow month again this year. Right. So keep good records. The good records also help you with your taxes. Right. To let you know if you're putting too much taxes to the side and you can use some of that cash flow towards your business. Uh, it'll let you know if you're not putting enough taxes to the side. Right. Uh, when it comes for tax season, you can have you can save money with your CPAs and stuff like that because they don't have to go through and try to, you know, find all your receipts and go through all your junk, which costs them more time, which costs you more money. And you can do this with software. You can do uh, get a bookkeeper. There's a there's a company I think it's called bookkeeper dot io or something like that. They have it's pretty inexpensive. I think it's like one hundred dollars a month. You just send them over your stuff and they'll give you reports and all that and all that good stuff. But uh, if, if you're making enough, one hundred dollars a month ain't nothing. Right. Uh, and it may be worth it because having those good records could save you more than one hundred dollars a month. So that's a good investment. Right. If you that's a what I call a productive expense. If it's if an expense, but it's a productive expense, it brings you more money or brings you more efficiency. That's a good expense. Right. Now, if it destroys you. Right. Uh, cigarettes or heroin or over drinking or, you know, yada, yada, yada. Those are destructive expenses. You want to stay away from those as much as possible. But expenses that bring you more clarity, more cash, more efficiency. You want to spend as much money on those things as possible. Right. That's why I have a, a getting better bucket. Right. Because uh, me spending money on my education, getting better, reading books, taking courses and classes. These are expenses that the more I spend on that, the better I become, the more skills I gain, which means the more impact I'll have, the more uh, lives I can change, which usually will means the more wealth I'll have and not just in money, but in relationships and uh, and things like that. So uh, those are productive expenses. So those are the things you want to think about if you're uh, a salesperson, a business person, somebody has fluctuating income. You first want to get real clear about what it is that you want your money to do for you. Find your baseline. Right. And then commit to it for six months or a year. Right. So if you're making if you say, OK, my baseline is going to be five thousand, then stick to five thousand. Even if you make twenty thousand one month, just say I'm going to stick to five thousand. Right. And then you move that other money forward several months. Now, like I said, there's software I use. YNAB, you need a budget. That's uh, what it stands for. And it helps you do that. You can move this money into a buffer account visually right and that way you know what it's for i'm not a big fan of opening up a bunch of different savings accounts like banks and stuff like that uh, you can do that that's definitely uh, an option just make sure you label it make sure you label 
the the money for what it is because if you just put it in a savings account and that dollar doesn't have an assignment it's going to get spent right your husband is going to see it oh we got a bunch of money or your wife's going to see it or you're going to see it and you think you just got a bunch of money and no you need to put september money or you know november or december you want to put an assignment a label on that money so therefore if you go in and grab it you know what you're taking it from Right. We we know, OK, if if I need to get I got this much money, if that money is for the kids, I needed to say kids. So therefore, when I take money out of it, I'm consciously saying I'm taking money away from my kids. That's how you prevent yourself from rating your savings. That's how you prevent yourself from overspending. But it's also how you give yourself permission to spend and have a good time is when that money is assigned for that. It's a sign for Target, right? Or purses or bags or shoes or whatever it is. It's just fun money. You have no guilt around it, right? Because one, you've you've cognitively decided this is what you want to do with your money. And you did it before you got yourself out in the wild. Because once you're out, like, so for example, if I go out uh, to a bar or something, if I go hang out with the fellas or whatnot, and I don't have the money, or I'm saying I'm only going to spend this. I'm lying to myself, right? Because I, you know, we end up, I end up buying around drinks or whatever the case may be. So I know ahead of time, look, I have money set out to go have a good time. So I just go have a good time. If I don't have that money set out to go have a good time, watch y'all do something different or just don't go out at all, right? That's kind of how I function because I don't like going places and counting pennies. I like to count the pennies, you know, when I'm sitting at home. And, uh, you know, I'm not under pressure. Right. But when I go out, I like to go out and have a good time. Right. But so you have to allocate for that. That's why you want to sign your dollars uh, all the time. So so stick to that. So figure out what it is you want to do. Five thousand a month. OK, five thousand. That's what I'm going to do. If I make ten thousand, I'm going to take another five and move it forward. If I make twenty thousand, I'm going to take that. I'm going to move it forward. You'll get to the point to where it's like, well, I don't need to move it much forward anymore. Uh, and then, you know, because then maybe you can raise your lifestyle, you can raise your savings, raise your investment, pay down debt, increase your cash flow even more, things like that. But determine what your needs are, determine what your monthly baseline is going to be. Get your buckets in order. Right. Focus on cash flow, cash flow, cash flow, cash flow, always cash flow, always cash flow. Even in retirement, focus on cash flow. Don't focus on accumulating money. Focus on expanding your cash flow. Uh, we'll talk about that more in the future. Uh, live on last month's income, right? So make sure you're living on making decisions on money that you already have. Don't count your chickens before they hatch. That's the biggest problem I see people do, whether you make uh, regular money or you make irregular money. Do not count the money that you have not received yet. You ain't got it, right? It's not in your hands. Don't count it. That's how we end up getting overdraft fees. That's how we end up getting frustrated. That's how we end up trying to time our paychecks with our uh, <laughs> with our bills and all that stuff. Right. And I know it's not easy because this is a new concept for a lot of people when you, you're thinking about getting ahead of your money and only spending the money that you have. And we'll talk about that. And we'll, we'll do a boot camp before the season's over. And I'm working on a course and we'll get all that stuff situated. But if you have an issue with that, come to the Facebook group and let me know. And maybe we'll do like a Facebook live real quick uh, class on how to get that done. But live on last month's income because there's so much clarity in knowing what you already have. And then you allocate what you already have. And then the zero base, right? If you got 5,000, you want to give every single dollar in assignment all the way down to, to zero, right? And there is no such thing as extra money unless you label something extra money, right? Uh, and then keep good records, 
Right? I think if you do those things, you'll be doing fine. Right? You'll be doing A-OK, and that'll help with the stresses of the ups and downs of irregular income and also irregular expenses because everybody's expenses are irregular. Right? There's no such thing as a perfect month. You can set one of the problems I have with budgets is people try to set these concrete budgets and they try to stick to them and then they get frustrated and mad when they can't stick to them. Budgets are not meant to be stuck to, especially when you do them the way that traditionally has been taught uh, by the personal finance industry. And I'm not knocking anybody because they just don't know anybody. They haven't sat down and had to chit chat with me uh, when they talk about budgeting. But budgets are, aren't meant to be stuck to because they're just not designed that way. Right. And that's why we do the things the misfit way. So hope that was helpful. I don't have a listener question today because I felt like that that review was good enough as of a listener question. He said he wanted to know about fluctuating income. So I decided we'll just do the, the podcast on that and we'll keep it at that. So we'll keep this one nice, short and sweet. So I hope that was helpful. If you think it was helpful and you think it could help anybody else, do me a favor and please share this thing out. Consider leaving us a review. Uh, as you see, if you leave us a review, you got a question or something you want to know about, I'm going to cover it. So it's a good good way to get your question in and make sure we get it covered on the show uh, is leave a, a rating and a review, specifically on iTunes. You Also, if you're on Stitcher. But if you want to know how to do that, just go over to yourmoneyright.com forward slash review or you can find the links in the show notes. And I'll put other links to things that we mentioned as well in the show notes uh, on yourmoneyright.com. And you can find that under the podcast section. So, again, thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate you. I love you and God bless. Yes, 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 yes. I said we're talking about.